Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I'm joined as always with my or by my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Andy. It's a late one for us tonight. <laughs> we are coming off real dumpster fiery in the beginning. Uh, we're we're getting the uh, I'm, I'm getting the igniter going on that dumpster fire. Oh man, no need for the accelerant. We are all the juice we need. I was thinking about this while I was driving around today, and I thought, well, instead of like hashtag dumpster fire nation, maybe we should just all our our loyal listeners where the dumpster fire they could be. We could separate them wherever trash pandas and possums. <laughs> Have you uh, have you talked to your your hookup with the the new logo with the dumpster fire and? No, I haven't done any of that yet. Because uh, I don't. Know, we were we were at Doctor Wife's sister and her stepmom got a tattoo, got her first one, um, and I was like, you know, I, I I said I'm ready for another one, and she goes, oh, what are you getting? And I was like, oh, I think me and I think me and Chadwick are getting dumpster fires, and she was. They just looked at me, and so then I have. <laughs> I have these two pictures of of in my head what I think it should look like. I should probably send those to you. Uh, one is the one Appalachia Stan sent yeah. us. I really like that one. I just need a trash can to add to it. Um, and another one is I, I'll I'll find it and show it to you. I did one of those AI things. I had like three free ones, and I didn't oh, like the first yeah. two. And so then I hit refresh, and it was the third one, and it was a good one, so I kept it. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to get this. And I show it to them and they just look at me and I was like, all right, so I guess we're done talking for the day. Merry Christmas. Well, uh, how were the holidays for you? They were good. Um, so it was, it was different, weird, sad, and happy all at, all at the same time. Uh, first, first holiday without, without Papa. Um, first Christmas without both Memo and Papa, which was, was tough for me. Uh, but you know, the, uh, Christmas was real low key. We had uh, we had Crow Christmas the Saturday before, and then we had Christmas Eve. Uh, we visited a church for a Christmas Eve service, the candlelight night service, because we didn't have one. Um, so we visited a, a, a local church here that I'm friends with the pastor, and it was it was a beautiful service, man. Um, and then Christmas Day, like we we were just home. It was just the four of us. There was a lot of Christmas movies and football and uh, you know smoked meat, uh, which really I don't know what more in life you need. Jesus, football, Christmas movies and smoked meat. Like I, I think really that's all you need. Family, I guess. Throw that in there. But uh, no, it was, it was bring good. it up the rear. <laughs> bring a family, bring it up the rear. Uh, but the boys, they were pretty excited. They uh, they got Red Rider BB guns. Um, and it only took one week for my youngest to not follow the rules and shoot my nephew in the back of the head. Did he shoot his eye out? Nope, shot him in the back of the head, left a left a little scratch and a and a small knot. Um <laughs> and and now now my youngest is grounded and he his exact words on the car ride home were but dad, you didn't tell me I couldn't point it at anybody today. And I go, are you kidding me? Like, we went over this whole safety thing the, the first time I let you shoot it. But you didn't tell me the second time. So how was I supposed to know? And I was like, if you're not mature enough 
Oh, I didn't say this. Dr. Wife said this. If you're not mature enough to remember that you can't point it and shoot somebody, then you're not mature enough for a BB gun. And so he's he's still a little angry that he is grounded from everything. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was holidays were good, man. They were excited for a while about the BB gun. Turner still is. Um, Mason is, but um, I he just doesn't know when he's going to get it back. When he ever gets it back, right? Um, yeah. So that was that was exciting. Uh, how was yours? How was your How was your holidays? I had a similar Christmas day. I did two services. We did an evening service on Christmas Eve, and I smoked some meats, watched Die Hard for the second time this Christmas season. Had some That's folks a good movie. Had some folks over. Um, smoked a ribeye roast and a and a brisket. Came out really well, and then. Uh, Somewhere soon after, on the twenty sixth, I uh, hit, my, hit my deathbed. It was <laughs> basically the whole, you know, the the church I pastor. The, it's in the bylaws and everything, and they're they're incredibly generous. That the week between Christmas and New Year's, I basically get a, a free vacation. Right, the church offices are closed, so barring emergencies or whatever, it's, it's sort of a pseudo vacation, right? And I had some big plans to get some things accomplished and nope i was just not trying a, to stay alive <laughs> not today <laughs> and i'm still i'm still not 100 percent. i'm still i'm still nursing um you know I, I will say this when i i preached this past sunday and um i i sent 2023 off with a bang because i i did something that was my biggest fear in ministry um, something I prayed heavily that I never would happen or I would never do. And um, you punched a baby. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I heard a story about a pastor who threatened a McDonald's employee. He was going to put his head in a fryer. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's my destiny. Is that, is that pastor in Kentucky? I mean, just I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, so you know, I have a I have a little pre pre sermon routine, and you know, I kind of just I drink some tea, and I I go back to my office, and I'm also um, blessed that in my study at the church, I have a private bathroom. Um, so I oh, I went to re- the wall stuff, folks. Take your notes because this is this is going to be epic. I, I don't to, know this story, but I'm excited for it. I went to uh, use the facilities in my private bathroom. Uh, number one, and then I gargle and stuff like that, and um, you know, and I talk to myself and I pray. To, and sometimes when I pray alone, I. Now, this being said, this is right around the time Sunday school's not out yet, so there's not a whole lot of people upstairs in the sanctuary, but there's still a good amount. And this, and I walk into the sanctuary, and the Isaac, the young man that does some of the the AV stuff and he's like is your microphone on no so i peed gargled talked to myself all while my microphone cuz i have so this past sunday 
I had to sing, so I had a handheld mic for singing, but I still have the, the wireless mic to preach. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. I cannot preach from a handheld microphone. Is that not, it feels weird. Uh, is this, like, is there, is it live audio? Like, it was, like, on your website? No, it wasn't on the website. Yet. Oh. It was It was in the building. It was Man. in the sanctuary. You know how awesome that could have been? <laughs> no, because because I would have taken I would have taken the live feed down. I have creative control. <laughs> oh man, I sat in a chair the other day. No, it was when we did our our cantata, and so I sat. I, we had to get there early for sound checks, and I sat in the chair and like it's. I'm not a small man, and this chair was. It's seen a few people. Okay, it's old, and it was rickety. And I said, and it wobbled, and I said, nope, not today. And I I changed chairs with somebody. And uh, Connor, who's our pastor, he he sits by me in the, the cantata, and he's like, well, what'd you switch chairs for? What are you worried about? And I said, look, if I sit in this chair and it breaks in front of anybody, it could just be one person, or we could be mid-like, because the kids' play was before us. I said, or we could be mid-kids' play, and that chair breaks, I'm done. I will get up, get my family, and we will leave, and you will never see me again. I just... Papaw one time sat in a folding chair at church, so we had these two pews that our family, because our whole family went to church together. Uh, my aunt and her family, me and my mom, my stepdad, and my grandma and grandpa. And so we would try to fit on one pew or one and a half pews, Uh and for some reason, this Sunday, it just wasn't working. And so instead of us just moving to us to the rest of the second pew, Peppa grabs an old folding chair, like one of the metal ones. Yeah. And he'd been up and down two or three times, man. And Brother Scott, who's the pastor of the church at the time, he was getting into it. And Peppa stood up to clap and amen, because, you know, he Peppa was an idiot. Let's be honest. I, I'm and, that guy at other churches. I'm like, oh, absolutely! I'm like, preach it! Come on! Yeah, at other churches, not mine. Uh, I want it's... that guy at my church, and he visited once. This pastor from Missouri over the summer, and I was like, oh, I missed this so much. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just used to people sleeping through my sermons, but uh, you know, he stood up and was clapping. He's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Keep going. And then when he right when he sat, it was like that chair was and Papa wasn't a small man either. He was much bigger then than he was when he when he kicked it. But um he sat down in that chair just collapsed. And it's the only time I think I've seen my grandfather embarrassed. Face was beat red. The, the Scott would we were right next to a train station or uh railroad tracks, right? And so Coltrane's would just shoot and it was loud and it would rattle the walls and and you couldn't really hear, but rarely would he stop, right? He'd preach through it. We were just talking uh, pre-show about, you know, I'd preach through anything. Scott would preach through just about anything. Papaw hit the ground, and I, you've met Papaw. Oh, yeah. Like, he didn't just hit the ground and stop, right? This man rolled. He <laughs> hit the ground and rolled to the side, and, like, legs flailing in the air. Memo's embarrassed. Papaw's embarrassed. I am losing it laughing. Scott stops and he goes, well, Jerry got the spirit and we don't really do that here. So what do we do next? <laughs> I thought, my God, that man got up, sat in the pew and then still stayed and talked afterwards. Like I'd have been gone, dude. Been gone. 
<laughs> well, Andy, since thinking about the spirit, I think that's a good segue. Why don't we kick off the new year and do a little business? And 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 if you want to start 2024 right, go get yourself some fine blacksmith merchandise and apparel. Hey, from hey, from Saint Galgano himself, and I right now, if you could see me. Um, you'd probably be scared, but I am wearing blacksmith apparel on the show. Shout out St. Gagano. So let's talk about St. Gagano and his armory. What are they? Let me tell you. They are the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise and now apparel. They use traditional techniques to create stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. They believe that quality and authenticity are paramount, and that's why they use only the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to craftsmanship. Products are not only beautiful, but they're functional. So check them out. Don't settle for the mass generic uh, items that you can get at any old store. Check out check out their store at stgalganoarmory.etsy.com today. Check out their selection of merchandise and apparel. I notice is a uh, it, it's like a a day of justification for you. You're talking about blacksmith apparel, wearing blacksmith apparel. Look, it's it's a good day. It's a good day. He's a good man. He he had a well deserved vacation. Um, went out west with his family. Now he's back. So. Uh, I think actually uh, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, I got to double check. Uh, my dad type person is doing a class with him on forging. And so I think he's going to make his own knife or some kind of junk like that. Oh, sweet. That's what mom got my dad type person for Christmas. He's we're all pretty excited about it. So oh, that's I'm awesome. pretty excited about it. Uh, I so think yeah, next time, be... next time I go out there, I might have to, uh, I might have to do one of those things. Yeah, I'm going to go with you so um, you can see how hot the forge is because, believe it or not, that thing's pretty hot, man. <laughs> so, Andy, Christmas isn't over, technically. We are in the midst of Christmas tide, and as we are recording this, it is the ninth day of Christmas. That song isn't just nonsense. It is real. There are 12 days of Christmas. But it seems like once the packages are all torn open, we forget about Mary. We forget about the manger. We we're done with Christmas before the before the three magi get there, and we move on to. I don't know. I I know I'm probably gonna offend some people. I New Year's is just New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is just a stupid holiday to me. And I think when I'm when I was much younger, it's glorious, right? It's like I can't wait, you know, to go out and I'm gonna be on the glitz and the glamour, and then you realize. I the, never went out, dude. Like it I was went always, out a few times. It was always at my house or somebody else's house. And now that Dr. Wife is the most introverted person I know, um, it's the four of us and the dog. But, you know, and those are good. Like, I, I think I stayed up till midnight last year, but not by choice. Like, it wasn't planned. Like, oh, I got to see the new year in this year. I think I went to bed at 11.07. And I and I really was trying to go to bed 
way earlier, but I kept watching something. So it kept look as a as a kid, there's there's something glorious about it because it's really the one night a year that your parents are like, I don't care when you go to bed. Well, because they're half in the bag. Oh yeah, eat all the eat all the candy and the wings. Mine, well, mine weren't. Um, I was always at my aunt's house usually. But you eat all the candy and the wings and the sandwiches and the pizza, all the soda and Kool Aid that you want, um, and that's when we actually made the good Kool Aid, not the uh, not the bad Kool Aid. And there is a difference. There's definitely a difference. Um, fun fact: Doctor Wife didn't know what real Kool Aid tasted like because her mom never put sugar in it. I I have so many questions and thoughts. But anyway, as a kid, Wait, Mama Doctor Wife's mama made white lady Kool Aid. Oh, very much basic white lady Kool Aid. Um, so, and I admit, I never could stay up. I was asleep by nine thirty, ten o'clock every day. Like I couldn't stay up. And but New Year's Eve, I'm like, nope, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stay up. I'm gonna watch ball drop. Nine thirty would hit. I'm out on the couch every year until college. And uh, I think I, I think I, I let loose one one year in college when I worked at Disney World, um, but other than that, I was pretty pretty tame. So New Year, New You. Ah, ah, man. So here's the deal: I don't do New Year's resolutions. I don't. I think New Year, New You is pretty vain. Um, and it, it kind of makes life all about you. Um, now you can say, oh, that's not what it means, but it is. Um, so I don't want to say new year, new me. Um, and to kind of keep with who I am, I, I hesitate to call this a resolution. Um, but I want to get back to where, you know, where I need to be spiritually. Um, you know, I need to, I need to devote more time to study, to scripture in general, to prayer, um, and just leading my family, how I should lead my family. So I don't know that that's a new me because that's been me in the past. It's been, you know, who I am. It's uh, the new think, man putting off the old man. Right. And so I think I just need to to take that role a little more serious and, and stop letting small things. And we all do it, right? Like we know that, you know, I should be reading my Bible more. I should be doing this more, but it's really easy to be like, ah, but I'll watch this show with my wife instead. Or, you know, I'm going to, you know, the kid's like, Hey dad, you want to play PlayStation? Well, I'm in the middle of my study, but then I really want to have that time with my son. And so then I put my study to the side and go play the game. And when we're done playing the game, do I finish what I was doing? Nah, I just move on to the next thing. I think you got to just... come this week when I go through Revelation 6. It might help you. <laughs> That's terrifying. But, uh, yeah, so to say n New Year, New Me, no New Year back to who I should be, uh, that's what I'm going to work on. Um, but, again, I think the whole the whole premise of New Year's Eve to New Year's Day I think that it's a very vain. Are we, are we calling? Are we calling New Year's Eve a holiday? New Year's Day a holiday? Are New Year's Day. New Year's Day is a holiday. Okay, I just want, I want to make sure that I'm using the right language for at least our show. Um, I think it's a very vain holiday. I think most holidays are vain. Let's be honest. Um, 
but I think. Well, you know, the, the word holiday really comes from Holy Day, like from old church festivals and church feast. You know, that's the origin of that word. Look, I don't know why you have to always be smart. Not you know when like in in 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue and you know what really happened? Uh that came from the the Nina, not the Pinta. It was the Nina. <laughs> Shut up, Chad. Well, I mean, I think the, I think holidays are good. They, no, I think you, holidays are good. Yeah. But I think as people, we very much screw them up. Well. You know, th- this past Sunday, I-, I preached on not making New Year's revolu- uh, resolutions, but doing a New Year's revolutions, right? Because resolutions are outward focused, revolutions are inward focused. So here, here's some things I shared. With having my a new tea party. We're having a new tea party. <laughs> Let's go. Here's some things I shared. Um, these are the these are um, the top ten resolutions that most people make um number 10 is um spend more time with family number nine is fall in love fall in love like i've already done how are you going to do that you can't resolve to fall in love i'm resolving to fall in love this is the good one number eight help others in their dreams well if they're dreaming how are you helping them because you're not physically there well, I think that maybe they mean like, you know, I want to I want to be a backup dancer for Taylor Swift. Help me. Help me, Andy. No Help kidding. With my dream. You have that same dream? <laughs> if you talk to Dr. Wife, she'll tell you that I missed my call as a backup singer slash dancer. <laughs> I maybe wouldn't be good at it, but I definitely think that's who I should be. <laughs> well, number seven is a is a noble one. Quit smoking. Uh, number six is learn something exciting. Uh, five is staying fit and healthy. Four is enjoy life to the fullest. Three is spend less, save more. Two is getting organized. And number one, Andy, what do you think number one is? Did we say lose weight? That's number one, lose weight. And so like 31% of all resolutions are relationship related 34 percent are money related 38 percent are weight related and 47 percent are are self-improvement or education and i know that adds up more that adds up to more than 100 percent but um more you know people had more than one but you know that 75 percent of, of the resolutions that are made don't last one week yeah yeah which tracks i mean look at or look at society now you know and i I never really thought of new year's we we talked about this i think some point when i was or maybe it was through checks when i was on my deathbed um about new year's being vain you know and and kind of being self-centered and it it really is i you know i never really thought about it that way as much as it's very much you know, it's it's decadence. Like I, I never understood. Like when I used to work in New York City, and I used to take the subway at Times Square Station, and sometimes, you know, so December thirty first in New York, right? If you're not from that area, some days, some years, it's fifty five, sixty degrees. It's it's wonderful. Some years it's five degrees and it's raining. 
and it's horrible. And it'd already be tens of thousands of people lined up waiting for that stupid ball to drop at 7.30 in the morning. And I used to wonder, where are you? Why? Why are you doing this? There's something wrong with those people. But, you know, when, when we had that conversation about it, about, you know, it being vain and, and kind of self-centered and just kind of some of it's a little foolish. I mean, I, I think as you get older, it definitely is a, a young person's uh, a young person's holiday. And, and I really I really wonder if young people are as infatuated with it as they as maybe we were when we were younger. I don't know. But I, I was thinking about Psalm 1. You know, which is a, a good way to start off the, the first of the year with the first of the Psalms. Um, but Psalm 1, I'll just read it. says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And Spurgeon said about Psalm 1 they, that it is not outwardly pro it is not outward prosperity that Christians most desire and value, it is soul prosperity that they long for. And and you brought up a point when you were saying how like your goal for the year, right, is is to you know devote devote time for your 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 study and devotion and time with the Lord. Um and that's a struggle for for everybody. You know, that that's a that's not an uncommon struggle by any means. But I think this verse, I think these ver the psalm really it's home for that, right? Because if your delight is in the law of the Lord and you'll meditate, he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. And you brought up something which is not an unnoble thing, right? Your child's like, hey, come play PlayStation in your middle of your study and you're going to go. And, I, I, you know, you'll you'll forsake your time with God to go spend the time with your child. And th those are important things. They're both important, but I almost oh, think your time with the Lord is more important because how else, and I'm not criticizing you in this. I'm just using it as an example. No, I, how I, I else is he going to see how to spend time with the Lord? Right. Cause if you put down the Lord and go play PlayStation and PlayStation trumps the Lord, right. PlayStation always become, and that's the problem I think is culturally, you know, we, we picked up PlayStation and put back the Lord, right? And whatever you could fill in the blank for whatever PlayStation is. And I think that's sort of what it is. New Year's is a, is a, a wonderful kind of example of that, right? And we spend this time, even the, you know, the, the most staunch non-believer is singing Holy Christmas, you know, is singing hymns, Christmas hymns and, mm -hmm. and partaking in, in, you know, religious ceremonies that have, taken on centuries uh, that have been going on for centuries and have been like secularized, but we immediately drop all that stuff because now it's, it's the glitz and the glamor and the champagne. And think about the, the, 
you know, I don't know if it was the same for you. I mean, we're, we're about 10 years apart. And so like, you know, when I was a kid, you think about New Year's is always sold as this, like, even for boys or for young men, right? The the romance part, like you need to have somebody to kiss at midnight, right? There's that whole fairy tale that's, you know, you're going to look across the room and that's it. That's going to be the the girl of your dreams. And you're going to, the, the ball's going to drop and they're going to play old Lang Syne and the clock's going to strike midnight and you're going to hold her and embrace. And that's it. That's going to be, uh, you know, who you're with for the rest of your life. And, you know, it's, it's, It's sad, but like, I, I'm assuming I'm not the only one that's fallen victim to that in the past. Like, uh, you know, if I sp spend New Year's Eve alone, like, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I've got to be with somebody. You've got to kiss somebody. You got to, you got to do this. You got to do that. And realistically, like, go to bed. You don't, you don't need it. Go to bed. No, and, and it's true. There, there's a lot of pressure that's put on it. Right. Like now, now, don't get me wrong. I will. Dr. Wife, God love her. She can't. She just can't. She's asleep. Seven thirty, eight o'clock most nights on the couch. Um, and then I have to make her go to bed. Um, and and so, you know, I'll go and, you know, we have this agreement like, hey, wake me up five minutes till we'll watch <laughs> the ball drop and then, you know, kiss it out and then she'll go back to bed and. I'll either go down and finish the PlayStation game that I've been playing or I'll go to bed then too. Um, but like, it's, I think it's different because it's my wife, but like, if you are just like, so discouraged because you don't have anybody on new year's, I don't, you don't need them. It's, it's not worth it. Go to bed. Well, I think you, I think you go to bed, you know, you, you've got the Lord. And if you don't know the Lord, I think you, you know, Let me introduce it's you time to get right and get to know him because now Let we're in me. 2024, those Iowa caucuses. That's right. I'm taking that turn. Those Iowa caucuses are a couple of weeks away and it's going to be a heck of a year. We'll just say that. We're going to have to have a, at least one paywall episode. Because I have so many thoughts on what's going to happen this year. I so think we many. just let it out. I don't know that I can because it, I, I can't right now, let's be honest. But I have so many, so many thoughts on on that in particular. We'll have a private Zoom call. For all of you who want to hear Andy's thoughts on the election, hit us up on Twitter at HillHipsterPod or email us HillHipsterPod at gmail.com and we will schedule a closed live event <laughs> you know that's not a bad idea we should we should probably do something like that anyway i don't know it necessarily has to be about politics but uh, no but that be... that topic is going to be the the topic du jour in oh, about yeah. two or three weeks whenever the iowa caucuses are oh you mean no never mind i'm not doing it can't can't make <laughs> me but i mean that's gonna this is gonna be this is gonna be really it's going to uh, be a rough year. It is. Be because of the political cycle. No matter which side of the aisle you're on, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Right? You, you believe this, you're wrong. You're just, you're the worst. If I hear somebody compared to a, a certain figure from the 1930s and 40s, 
Um, again, I'm just going to lose it because and, just stop. Unless you're just me, stop. there's not a candidate worth a dang. So I don't care about any of them. Well, that's the thing. Like, if this is the best we have, like, can we can we start over? Or how about this? Hey, England, I'm sorry. Come get us. Please, <laughs> please. God, don't don't write us off because I said that. But like, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. You're wrong. And you're and somebody's going to get mad and you you'll have friends that will turn on you quickly because you don't support their candidate. Maybe it's time for a Christian prince. And here we go. I don't disagree. I don't I don't disagree. I think um you know, I uh yeah, I don't disagree. But I just like I said, if you haven't found Jesus yet uh, and you're not spending time with him daily, now's a good time to start because it's going to get rocky. And it's going to get annoying and it's going to get annoying and rocky real quick. So you you've been you've been around church for a while, you know. Good. Yeah, cuz I'm I'm getting old. Good chunk of your life. Um, the end times, folks. The folks oh, who yeah. always had questions about end times or or see things happening in news are like, is this is it? Is this it? Or they have questions. What 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 would you say is the median age of those folks who usually ask those questions or bring up those topics? I mean, they're probably in their fifties. Maybe I older. Well, I when you were a kid, fifty was old, so. Yeah, yeah, it's but, all older, older folks. But but Lord, I'm saying that people are my age now. Like it's it's becoming a thing. No, I, I I'll Trump, I'll stump you or Trump you on that because that might not have been the right choice of words for 2024. Nope. I, I have a young adult ministry, and I have had 20 somethings bring me like really deep theological questions about end times. Cause they're seeing things and they're asking questions and they're like, what well, do I we had do? A, I had a student and a student, someone under the age of 18, send me a ticky tock. And it was talking about how this, um, this asteroid and it's got a name. I don't oh, know. Yeah. It, it's supposed to hit us. And, it's going to brush past us. It's not going to hit us. No, well, but if it, but there's a small chance that if it goes through this keyhole type thing between these, that it's going to make impact. And if it does that, it's like April first. It'll be okay. And then, no, yeah, but it's April first, whatever the year. Which, if you look at the calendar, is technic. It's Passover for that year, um, and it's technically. Oh, um, you're getting into some John Haney look, stuff. No, now. This, this is what I'm saying. This There'll is there'll be this a is blood a kid, moon. This is what a kid has sent to me. Right. And so not only is it so the the calendar we use is wrong. Um, and I've heard that argument before. Maybe it is. I don't care. I still like it. Um, but like so really the new year for that year, because we should be using 13 months on a lunar cycle instead of the 12 months, whatever we do. I don't know. Freaking Catholics started all that. But that's not the point. Well, the Rome, wait, wait, wait. So well, the you Romans, can't blame the Catholic Church on that because. Thursday is Thursday, so they we even have Norse gods in our days of the week. Yeah, it's not yeah, just yeah. there. It's the, it's the Romans, but I digress. But anyway, so I'm getting this, and I'm like, do you know how old you are? Like you're you're 15. Stop it. Just tell them 
It'll because be okay. here, Bruce Willis here. switches places with Ben Affleck and saves the day. So here's. I don't want to close my eyes. I need some animal crackers now. That's a that's a decent movie. Um, I digress. But like, what I really want to say to to the student, to the person in their twenties, my age, your age, and older, that are like, well, the end times and this and that. We're living it. It's it's Jesus is coming. Yeah, he most certainly is. You will never hear me tell you that Jesus isn't coming back. But here's the deal: like, quit quit thinking dates because you're not gonna guess it. It's not it's not a thing. And and are we living in the end times, I, dude? I think we've been living the end times since Jesus ascended, right? We're one day closer to him coming back than we were yesterday. We've Amen. been we've been recording. I don't have the clock on my computer. One hour, 23 minutes, and 47 seconds. Yeah, but we haven't been actually. That's no. how long we've been recording, but that's not that's the That's how long we've been talking. But yeah, so we are an hour and 23 minutes and however many seconds you said closer to Jesus coming back than we were an hour and 23 minutes ago. Yes, we are living in the end times, but not the end times that you're thinking. Stop overcomplicating things. Well, and I'll tell you this, like when you think about, and I'm going to, going <laughs> to, this is some of my, my, my stuff that I'm going to preach on Sunday. But if you're a believer in Jesus, hold fast because the end is near and that's not anything to fear, right? Because God is just, right? God is just, and he will justly repay all of the ways that his glory has been despised and his holiness has been defiled throughout time. Yeah, he's coming back, and he's coming with vengeance. But you know what? I know the ending. I know how it ends. I know where we end up. We're going to be okay. So if you're that worried about the end times, get right with God. If you're worried for other people, start telling people about Jesus. Start being that beacon. Uh, you know, because if you're... If you, Stay salty, okay? Yeah. Because if you if your light is dim and you're not proclaiming Jesus, you know, scripture says that we're like salt that's lost its flavor and we're it's it's only good for trampling. Stay salty, my friends. Oh, that I feel like that's on our next t shirt. We're gonna have a dumpster <laughs> fire and it's gonna say stay salty. Well, um, I, I think the big part is you know, I, I what you're talking makes me think that it, you know, if if you if you think of Jesus seizing control of history, you know, as as he does in Revelation, um, your answer and how you feel about that, and if you are anxious or worried or scared or perplexed, right, it, I, I think it shows what you think about God and what we think about God, and it shows whether... You know, I, I believe then that God's concerns are not your concerns. Mm -hmm. um, I tell you, know. man, I I was first introduced to Jesus in sixth grade, and um, I you know, and I think I've told you uh, and our listeners, like when I started going to church, it was a ploy to get out of being home. Right, um, I can you know I can I can say that, and my mom not here because I don't think my mom lit. Well, I know my mom doesn't listen to the podcast. 
Um, so I can I can be a little more candid without worrying about her. Um, but yeah, I, I started going to church because I didn't want to be at home. I wanted to be away from home and I knew I could stay at my aunt and uncle's one extra day if I went to church. And so I went to Sunday school. I went to Sunday morning. I went to Sunday night, both youth and adult. And the adult study at one point was going through Revelation. And I remember my mom picking me up on a Wednesday night. And we'd gone through uh, whatever chapter in Revelation talks about the moon turning to blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if, if I knew I was going to get on this tangent, I would have looked that scripture up, but I didn't because this is not what we had really planned. But uh, and I remember driving home that night and looking out my window and the moon was red as like the hunter's moon or whatever they call it, you know? And so the moon has that reddish tint to it. And I freaked out because I knew that I had accepted God. Uh, but I knew that my parental units hadn't and my grandparents hadn't. Mm. And it was like, Oh man, this can't be happening. So like, I'm, I'm openly panicking in the back of my mom's Dodge minivan, like the old school Dodge minivans um, that looks like a matchbox car. <laughs> um, and and mom looking at me going, stop it. You know, if you're going to freak out about this and you just don't need to go. And I was like, eh, we probably could have handled that a little bit better. But like, I feel like that's what's happening right now is, you know, uh, a turkey farts in the wind. And it causes all this to happen. Like, well, scripture says that if a turkey farts in the wind and the leaves flow just right, it'll create an X, which will then lead us to a cup of coffee, which is the 27th sign from Nostradamus. Which means Elon Musk is the Antichrist. Yeah. And, 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 and Elon Musk and Donald Trump and Joe Biden are all, are all pillars for Satan. Well, I mean, I will let you know that that the, might be true. The verse you're looking for is uh, Revelation six, verse twelve. And again, is that the one about come Joe to Biden for, and- come the first Southern Baptist Church of Westminster this Sunday as I'm preaching through Revelation six, and you'll find out all about the blood moon. Look, I uh, I listen to your sermons more than you think I do. I may that may be what I hop on. Oh gosh, now now I'm all. You do? I do. <laughs> Well, I get if you had them, uh, if you had a uh, had them streamed somewhere or, or libraried somewhere, I would do the same. But I think that we have to expect, right? And and I think that even believers are like believers aren't immune from this. Like believers are are quaking in their boots about this, right? Because, I mean. The call that Jesus gave the church to Smyrna to be faithful unto death in Revelation 2 isn't just for the church at Smyrna. It's for you and I. It's for everybody today, right? It is. It it, it should resonate with every believer who seek the blessings that are promised in Revelation. And, and it, it's going to require the possibility for martyrdom. And I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm, I guess maybe I'm turning into one of those guys maybe, but I think that this point in in my adult life to think that we could potentially be martyred isn't so far-fetched anymore no not anymore living in this country and and uh, especially not in the last 4 years to prepare for martyrdom and I, and I'm in a season of my life not that I'm looking forward to this but I'm a season in my life in ministry where I'm preparing for martyrdom 
And that involves, and I'm not saying I'm great at this, but it involves, I think, cultivating a mindset that values God and the things that God values, right? By it values God, it values Christ, it values the Bible, and and, and the value the tenets of the faith. Um, and I think it's something we have to continually ask ourselves, right? We constantly have to be in this cycle of self-reflection and and self-introspection. And you know, will our actions and choices matter when we're faced with the ultimate decision to renounce the face or I mean to renounce the faith or face death. And there are some people that are getting, you know, so maybe you're not going to face death, but there are people I know of people who have been challenged to renounce the faith or lose their job, to renounce the faith or lose their children, renounce the faith or, you know, their spouse is walking out. You know, I mean, those those things are real and happening right now. It may not be death. I mean, it's death. Definitely. We, we see what's happening to the brothers and sisters in Nigeria over Christmas, and we know what's happening overseas. And we may not be facing martyrdom here yet. But I don't know that it's far away. But there's test cases, I guess, is for lack of a better term. And who are the martyrs going to be? Like, where will the martyrs arise from? Like, I, I think I think for a lot of believers who've been around for a while, they look at Revelation 2 and go, well, that was for Smyrna. Those letters were for those churches. It's not for me. It's okay. If I take the mark of the beast and or I renounce Jesus because I'm going to lose my life and I just say, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, Jesus forgave Peter. You know, and ultimately, right, it, it all comes down to a heart issue, right? When you think about, um, you know, I, I preached on this this Sunday in in First in Samuel, right? When when Samuel goes to to Jesse's house and Jesse brings out all his sons, right? It's like one after the other. Like, how is this guy not coming? How is this guy not coming? Right. Until it's David, little tiny David, and it was, you know, it was his heart. Yeah. Flawed, but it was his heart. Well, and I think that, and I don't know where this, well, I know where it comes from, because we've let culture in, infiltrate the, the church. Absolutely. Um, and, and more down, and, and more in some dominations than others but like it, it's coming in our tribe too let's be honest no it's um, it's not coming it's it's here it has settled it is in leadership in our tribe but uh you know we've let culture infiltrate and so it's uh well you just gotta let them be them and you have to you know comply to them and let's everybody be happy and um this and that and everything else. Well, let's look back at the apostles because the people that are saying that are like, well, the church fathers did this and, and, and this is how it was done. And if you, if you, it, you know, you, you've talked to them uh, and that's all fine and good, but let's look at the apostles. The majority of them didn't have a nice peaceful death. They didn't let their bodies conform to culture. And if their bodies conform to culture, they let them have it. They were all martyred except for John the Revelator. Yeah. And in not pleasant ways. I can't, you know, imagine. Well, even he wasn't martyred, but they tried. 
boiled him in oil. They boiled him in oil, and I I can imagine like that sucks. I know how bad a sunburn is for my ginger self. I couldn't imagine being being basted with oil and boiled like a like I'm a butterball that'll feed a village. So let me ask you this. I know this is not necessarily talked about and, you know, and I think this is actually really, though, it is what we talked about when we we kind of did our pre-show prep, because ultimately, right, we're we're at the dawn of a new year. We know that we know that this year is going to be hard. Right. It's going to relationships are going to be challenged again and all this stuff. And, And we saw this and I'm not trying to get like. Uh, I, you know, too political here, but we saw what happened north of the border, right? We saw what happened in Canada during COVID, and we saw pastors drug from their homes, put in jail. How many guys, like, and this is something I pray on. This is something I think about for myself. Like, when it ultimately comes down to whatever it is going to be, right? And maybe this will happen for me before it would happen for you just because of where we live, right? The differences in where we live, but, but a time's going to come. I mean, they've tried to test these waters in California, but a time is going to come where they're going to tell me I can't preach orthodoxy. Well, let me, let me, let me put it to you this way. When it comes time and let's say this is, it's coming quicker than what what we think it is. And there's going to come a time that preaching the gospel is going to land you in jail. Right. Who's going to jail? How many guys do you know they're going to stand up and let them drag them away? Let's 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 set that to the side. Okay. Let's just say you have, you know, you are a pastor. We're taking you. I, I'm an ordained minister. I'm going. Is there enough evidence to convict us? Better be. Look at your life. Look at your life. Not and eh. Well, I shouldn't say not necessarily you, because yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm calling me out. I'm calling our listeners out. Is there enough evidence in your life that says, yep, he's a follower of Christ. Put him in jail. We'll figure out what we're going to do to him in a minute, or we'll figure out what we're going to do to her in a minute. Is there enough evidence that you are a, not that you're a professing Christian. I know plenty of professing Christians that I have doubts about and, and and worry for their soul. I don't even like that term anymore. So now I just use follower of Christ. Right. And so that's what I was about to say. Not a professing Christian. Is there enough evidence that you are a follower of Christ? And if you have to think and be like, well, uh, the answer is no. And you know, here's I think- the deal. And he- here's the thing with that. Because uh, I said I'm going to call you out and I'm calling me out. There are times... That I don't, that I think I fall into that category of, I don't know that they can convict me. Which, in fact, terrifies me more than the actual thinking about being convicted. Because I answer to uh, so much higher of a power than the judicial branch of the United States of America. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I agree with you. Like, I'm not, I don't. I don't care about being convicted. I'm not, I'm not afraid about get, being convicted. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right things that I can be convicted. And that's I mean, it. That sounds horrible, but I want to, I want to know that what I'm doing matters. I want my boys to look at me. And when they go to school and they say, you know, Oh, you're a Christian. 
Yes. Why? Because I follow Jesus based on the example that my dad gave us. And I, I remember I, I follow Jesus because of the scripture that my dad has taught me and the people that my dad has put me around that teaches me. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing as men, we are responsible for the gospel that our families hear. Amen. You don't have to be a pastor to lead your family to Christ, right? But no, you it's are your call, you're called to lead your family. Right. But so you, you're not the one that has to preach every every time. I don't preach to my family weekly and, and daily, but I tell you what, I have a say in who they listen to. There was a family that, that I loved dearly back in Terre Haute um, at the Baptist church there that I served at. And I watched and watched. Um, I had, they had five kids. I had all five there, the, all all range. And I had all five of them in youth group. I think that was one of the, the coolest things in my, in my four years of being there, I had all fives in my youth group, um, some longer than others, obviously, but, um, I watched and, and their youngest, she never went to children's church and, and Turner didn't always go, but most of the time he went. And I remember, um, going up to the dad and the mom, we, we reading dinner at their house. I said, Hey, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about it. I said, I'm just curious. Why doesn't your daughter go to the children's church? And I'll never forget the mother, not the father, the mother. And I think the father had the same answer. Just mom spoke up quicker, looked me dead in the eye and said, because I don't know the theology of everyone that teaches. And I want to make sure that my children get the correct theology. She goes, that's not a shot at you and the leadership, because I know you vet people. But sometimes, you know, words get construed, and then all of a sudden, my kid thinks X, Y, and Z, and I've got to fix that. And I he's, would just, he's quoting Beth Moore. Right. And so, and then I realized, like, that's been a problem in another church, and it makes total sense to me. And so since then... There, there were times that I wouldn't send Turner to children's church based on who was teaching. I had people come to me uh, at, at another church that I served at where I was over the kids and youth department. Um, and like, hey, you know, you, you're looking for volunteers to, to teach on Sunday mornings. To the, uh, you know, I'd like to volunteer to that. And I've looked at them and be like, you know, let's see where else we can put you. Maybe you can be on the security team. Maybe you can, you know. Be in charge of snacks. How about that? But I don't know that I want you teaching. Because because words matter. Theology matters. Doctrine matters. You know, and you brought up something like how people go off about, well, the church fathers did things this way. And that when we talked about the apostles all, you know, being martyred and not having deaths or, you know, righteous deaths. I mean, I think they did die righteously, but, you know, having peaceful deaths for lack of a better term. But I think back to, we look for examples about, you know, what's going to happen if, if martyrdom comes. And I think to back to the early church, right? We all know the, the, the Romans and their, their decadence and their debauchery and their depravity, right? Throwing people to the lions. And the reason that that practice stopped was because of Christians, because the Christians would stand in the field when they released the lions. And at some point they, they didn't run. 
They didn't try to hide and flee and put on a show. They stood. They either embraced or they held hands or interlocked arms and they prayed. And they prayed audibly and they just stood there and the lions slaughtered them. And the Roman audiences grew tired of that and were just appalled by it that the Romans actually stopped the practice because of Christians standing tall in the face of death. And that's what the church fathers did. There was no <laughs> hacky sack playing dude from the college quad who had always had an acoustic guitar and white people dreads <laughs> start singing, you know, <laughs> songs at Kumbaya Jesus. You're muted. One of these days I'll figure this out. I tell you, um, the, the, always know I'm in the wrong circle when I hear Daddy God. Like Daddy you, you're God. talking about the, the, the kumbaya and everything, oh. but when, when somebody starts praying and they're like, Daddy God, I'm like, I'm, I'm out. I got to go. I would rather sit in a church service where they handle snakes than to hear somebody pray Daddy God. <laughs> One day, brother, one day. <laughs> Me, you, a bolo tie, and some non-venomous snakes. <laughs> in, in, in a big tent in my dad's property. <laughs> Come on now. In the pasture. Oh, man. This well, good stuff. I think that's the key to a, a new year, new you. you I can tell you what. I'm going to end it on a not-so-serious note because, well, that's just who I am sometimes. Uh, you know you know what isn't a fun start to the new year? Hell, Hank Hill? No, I haven't got to that episode yet. <laughs> um, let me tell you what's not a fun start to the new year because I, I have experienced it, and I can see on your face that you have like three things that you think I'm going to say right now. And it kind of makes me giggle inside. Um, but it's none of the three. We were texting New Year's Eve about fantasy football. Oh, we're you... co-champs, baby. Hold on. Hold on. I'm excited. You, you won yours. I thought I won mine. Oh, no, no. I have more points. But I thought we ended week 17. I'm in three leagues, okay? Two of my leagues end in week 17. The yeah, one that I'm winning. and No, we have to play and, and go next week. Ah. And so I'm angry because I thought I won. And I was, I mean, I'm glad that I figured this out before I sent the text. Okay. Because I had the text typed out. And I was ready. A trash talking text? Oh, I was rubbing everyone's. It was like a puddle of dog urine. I was rubbing people's face in. Like, I was ready. I I mentioned somebody's mother. (laughs) Okay. You need to to repent because the the time is near. (laughs) That's right. And then I was like, oh, I need to, I need to figure out what my score was. And I went back and it, you know, it, it didn't say that congratulations, you've won. Like it has every other week that I've won. And I was like, what the heck? And then I look and it was like, you know, projection for next week. Cause it's, you know, each round is two weeks. 
and I sat there for a second and I hung my head and I went back and deleted that. And I was like, I have to do this again next week. So maybe this Sunday, my friend, maybe you can get one of those. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. That says champ. That's what I'm hoping for. So next Sunday night, you'll either get a call from me, me being extremely excited or you'll get a call from me with my head hung in shame. Happy New I, Year. I think either way you should send that text. I don't remember what all I said now. I deleted it. I'm a little disappointed in myself that I didn't send it because the amount of crap I would have gotten back would have been absolutely. Well, just know if you listen to this and you're you're in one of Andy's fantasy football leagues. <laughs> There's maybe there's maybe two people in that league that listen. Well, maybe I think, two. I think if you do, when this drops, you need to text him and let him know how he jumped the gun. Pride, pride comes before the fall. Oh, and I'm I'm really worried that the fall is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But all that being said, it's all a lot of fun. But. In this new year, I challenge you because I've challenged myself. <laughs> Set aside that time. Set aside that time for uh, devotion, for study, for meditation, for prayer, and just quit following your heart and follow the one that gave you the heart. That no more new year, new me. New Year, old man dead. Let's follow Christ. That's that doesn't fit on a shirt as cute as the other one, but that's that's what that's my challenge to to you guys. Or in the immortal words of Hank Hill, do you know what's not cool, Bobby? Hell, hell. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, uh, if you have New Year's resolutions or reva re- revolutions. Um, and you're ready for another Boston Tea Party, you know, hit us up on the Twitter or the X, whatever it is these days. Uh, let us know what uh, what changes you're looking to make in the new year. And uh, let us know how we can be praying for you. Amen. Yeah, and you could do that uh, on X at Hill Hipster Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram at Hill Hipster Pod. Or if you're old school, you can email us hillhipsterpod at gmail.com and I was just about to I'm gonna give you Andy's phone number. You could just text him. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't. Uh, well, there's some that have it. But yeah, so don't forget to check out the blacksmith merchandise at St. Gagano Armory. It's uh, stgaganoarmory.etsy.com and you can check them out on Twitter at St. Galgano, and they're on Instagram at St. underscore Galgano underscore Armory. It's a lot of underscores. It's a lot of underscores. Whatever happened to the overscore? I'll see myself out. Love you guys. Have a good night. Be blessed. Where's the record button to stop it? (laughs) 